I thought I'd be like a high school teacher and see what it's like to hold class outside. Because it's a very nice day, and the wind has been cooperating for most of it. But now all of a sudden it's kind of not. So uh, this may end up being a really dumb idea on my part. So for that reason, I might end up taking this inside. But we're going to see how long it... Obviously, I'm going to rely on you guys to tell me how it sounds, so I'm going to wait for people to start filing in, and then I'll start uh, asking sound check questions. All right, hey guys, um, so how is the sound? Um, let me know how the sound is so I can um, take this inside if necessary. Um, oh, okay, sound is mint. Rock and roll. Okay. Uh, so, like, the wind isn't too bad, and these chimes are not getting on your nerves. Uh, all right, great, wonderful. So, welcome to RCR Podcast number 140. Uh, help me pick the next RCR story. I'm Nick. Let me mute all notifications, like I should have done, but was not smart enough to do. Um, so, yes, I uh, need your help. Selecting the next RCR story. Now, in the past, I've asked for help picking or with suggestions. I've asked for suggestions. And nine times out of ten, it was because I was curious of what people found interesting, what they would want to watch a video about, what they would be interested in. Um, but now we are on the tenth out of that nine out of ten. So... <laughs> Basically, I'm not asking this because I'm curious. I'm asking because I'm stuck. Uh, I just, I'm about like a day or two away from finishing the next, which is um, close to two hours long. And basically, uh, I am in a place where I love doing the RCR stories. And if everyone just wants to see life and death of videos, um, I'm happy to make those until the cows come home. But I don't know if that's necessarily what people want. Uh, and the main reason why, here's why, is because every single one of them has, um, has certain recurring plot points, for lack of a better term. So in a lot of them, you're always going to get the turn of the century, the turn of the 20th century uh, history of the auto industry as it relates to that automobile company. And you'll always get the World War II part of things. So essentially what happens is that um, if I'm talking about AMC, I'm going to end up talking about World War II. If I'm talking about Saab, I'm going to end up talking about World War II. And in a lot of ways, those storylines overlap so that you end up with a video that will hit a lot of the same points as previous videos. A lot of them have to do with reactions to World War II, uh, what each company was doing. And for the most part, it's they weren't doing anything because no one was making anything during World War II. Those sources were being allocated towards the war effort. But you can have stories about the individuals of what the individuals were up to during World War II rather than companies. So, I mean, if you guys are okay with that kind of story, um, and obviously I can try to find a different like angle to approach it from a lot of the time, but 
if that's the type of thing that you guys are into, I'm happy to keep making it. But I'm just genuinely curious as to what type of stories you guys would be interested in. Um, what subject specifically you guys would be interested in. So um, a friend of mine suggested today uh, potentially doing Bricklin. Um, just because there are some kind of like John DeLorean-esque parallels. And that sounded interesting to me because the John DeLorean RCR story was a very interesting story for me to do. Um, just because I was not expecting the story to go in the directions that it did. Like some of my favorite stories to make are the ones that can kind of pass for a true crime story. So um, even though it's, it's something that has to be taken care of with delicacy. Um, so the Dale, the first run around, I wasn't very delicate at all. And so for when I redid it, hot damn. We got people out here making Jiffy Pop. Bam. Uh, so uh, the second go around with the Dale, I tried to be far more sensitive. And that was a true crime story. But also like Mickey Thompson, that was something that I needed to handle with a more deft hand. Um, the Ferrari one, it, I mean... I, I won an Automotive Heritage Award grand prize for that video, and I am so, uh, so proud of that video still. There go the wind chimes, yeah. Um, and also, um, the, uh, John DeLorean, you know, uh, AMC had an element of true crime to it with the, um, the French terrorist organization towards the end of it, um, so, yeah, it's just all of these different things that fascinate me. Um, and uh, the Roman history. Um, I mean, the Mustang video that I just did is basically the history of me for the most part. Um, there was actually a lot more about me that I uh, did not include in that video. Mostly just to keep the length down, but yeah. Um, Bonnie and Clyde is a very interesting, uh, story. Um, see, like I, I'm, I struggle with that one because I feel like while I could make it about cars in an oblique sort of way, I don't think that it would fulfill the RCR car stories suggestion or, or theme necessarily. Um, Wendell Scott, the first black NASCAR driver and team owner. That's an interesting one. Um, what's the one that Wes mentioned that was said to be a good idea down below? If someone's here, uh, let me know. Oh, what a nice comment to say, Stony Lonesome. I appreciate that. Alfa Romeo, that's not a bad idea. Um, I've had um, Daewoo suggested to me, although that is another... Here's the other issue with a lot of the life and death videos that I do for RCR stories, which is that, and I've mentioned this before, but it's always going to keep coming up because all the good suggestions have this issue, which is that a lot of them end the same way, which is that they are murdered by GM, uh, Oldsmobile, uh, freaking Holden, uh, 
I mean, I already had um, the Pontiac and AMC videos. I mean, I could do one on on Hummer and, you know, how it's managed to survive despite GM's sort of bungling. Uh, Saab, like these things. Oh, AMC was not GM. Sorry, I'm thinking of Saab. Uh, but yeah, it's like a lot of these all sort of run together. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so the one KEA... Oh, wait, actually, I have a super chat up here. Wes Blewett, not a car, however, Japanese motorcycle speed wars. Um, this has sort of been our one-armed man. Uh, this has been our, like, great white whale of a story to do, because in the early days of RCR, what we really, really wanted as, like, a dream project was to do a, a proper documentary on the motorcycle speed wars. The issue is, like... We wanted to do something that was not just a retelling, which I feel like RCR Stories kind of veers into that of being a retelling um, in the sense that you're getting this story, but are you getting new insight? So I um, would preferably like to do a story that would provide some measure of insight. Now, I know that a lot of the stories I do do provide some measure of insight, but with Motorcycle Speed Wars, I almost feel like that's a Brian project. I don't know how much I could really contribute considering that I'm not really a motorcycle guy. Although I will say, despite not being a motorsports guy, I've done a lot of RCR stories on motorsports. Not just like the Mickey Thompson story, uh, but the uh, Isle of Man TT Um I was thinking of doing one on the 1955 Le Mans tragedy. Uh, there's a lot that I could do in the motorsports realm. And I think the motorcycle speed wars would be an extension of that. But ideally it would be something that is more in depth. Although the more I think of it, With the motorcycle speed wars, I could rope Brian in on that and also sort of reach out to people who might be able to go on record um, in the sense that as opposed to earlier in RCR, I don't think I would be able to get interviews with people, but now I could at least try, you know, um, but I don't speak Japanese, uh, so I would need them to speak English. Uh, <laughs> or have an interpreter. Um, see, I'm, I'm trying to think of this logistically because I want RCR stories to be more than just sort of like a PowerPoint presentation, but I also realized that because I don't want to fight the fair use fight of someone who gets upset about like an image being used for educational or entertainment purposes, I have to make sure that as much material as possible is public domain. Um, or at least falls into like a Wikimedia Commons um, license. So if I can't find it from those sources, then I don't really know what to do or what I can use other than if a fan has certain documents they want to volunteer for me um, or footage that they want to volunteer for me. That happened with Saab, that happened with AMC. I was incredibly fortunate to have that kind of help. Um, and so... Um, with the motorcycle speed wars, you know, like the more I talk about it or the more I'm sort of talking myself into it, um, 
which I was not expecting. I was not expecting to end up talking myself into this um, or being talked into it by you guys. Um, so let's see. Do Michelle Moten already? You said it was on your short list over three years ago. Um, yes, she is a very fascinating person. And she popped up in one of the past RCR stories that I can't remember right now. Um, she would probably be a shorter one. But I think... I like to have like a shorter RCR story in between the bigger ones so that there is some form of content in there, like in between, you know, major projects, because I know that RCR stories take a long time to make. And, uh, I don't want to be in a position where I'm only making one of them a year. And so actually I think Michelle Mouton Moton, Mouton, uh, she would be a prime candidate for the next one. Um, I should probably have had a notebook around here somewhere. So, um, all right, so far, here's what I'm thinking just from suggestions so far, and I'm open to being completely talked into or out of anything, um, anything subject wise, not into doing anything. Uh, so, okay. Um, after this next RCR story, which is pretty much done and was originally going to come out at the end of this month, but we found out that um, Brian's going to be taking a trip next month, and so we need a video to fill in the Monday that he gets back so that he doesn't have to like do a crazy amount of work. He can actually you know, uh, relax once he gets back because he doesn't have to play catch-up. Um, so... Uh, so that's where the next big two-hour RCR story is going. It's going to be the last Monday in April. Um, it will be worth the wait, I promise. Uh, but um, what I'm thinking is between that and the next, like, super long, like, I'm thinking RCR story at the end of April, Michelle Mouton sometime between April and August, and then um, either finish out the year or open 2024 with Japanese Speed Wars. Because obviously, like, there are things that I need to do in between. Like, I still have, like, weekly RCR shoots and scripts to write. Um, I really want to do more second channel content. Um, I would really like to do more stuff like the Pennsylvania Review. I've been sitting on the Delaware Review for, like, three months it's been done just because I don't think it's funny enough. And so I'm trying to think of things to add to it, but I've been so busy that it's kind of been taking a back seat. Um, I want to do more live streams. I ran a, an idea past Brian of having like one of those marathon style live streams like he would do with Tom Mix when they would do regular beer reviews on the main channel. Um, but for this one, we would be playing the board game Kraftwagen. Uh, Kraftwagen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's like the fifth edition, but it's a board game that I had gotten that uh, is just about starting your own automotive company in like the 1920s or like around the turn of the 20th century. And so I was thinking of just sort of uh, having us me, Brian, and wh whichever friends we can rope into this, 
into playing this game and sort of having like a fun time, maybe get some whiskey or beer or whatever. Um, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I, sorry, I had to finish that lyric. It's, I'm like Cartman and come sail away. Uh, the, uh, so that would be something I'd like to do. So I have like all these plates spinning in the air um, without even getting to the ongoing search for like a car to replace my Mustang, which I plan on, at least for now, planning to drive into the summer so that I can give myself a little more time to save a little more money than just like, cause the initial goal was like, try to find something that's three grand. And I'm like, that's completely unrealistic. And I don't know that it would happen. So, um, I, I have to like stick with Betty, uh, at least for the summer until I can afford something that's not going to require installments. Um, but Hey, if it comes to that, you know, whatever, um, beggars can't be choosers, you know? So let's see what, are the oh we got some more super chats so but first we've got uh some regular chats too so i'm gonna go through these like bullet point style um just to kind of get your uh your ideas in my head um is enzo ferrari too much of a done topic um yes and no in the sense that like there is a major biopic coming out about him this year that is getting significant oscar buzz uh and I, so, but I don't know that it's getting Ford v Ferrari level Oscar buzz. I guess we'll see. Um, I, I think it might be above my pay grade, at least for now. Um, because a personality profile, I don't know that it does as much interest wise as talking about like a subject or like an auto company. Of course, I'm saying that and I'm trying to make a Michelle Mouton uh, video plausible to me. So, eh. um, what about bootleggers and the development of hot rods? That is fascinating. That is fascinating. And also very plausible in the sense that I would be able to get more public domain images and footage because it's taking place in a time past the expiration of copyright for certain images. Uh, so that is an inter interesting uh, suggestion. Life and death of the rotary engine. That is a great idea. Um, I had this like clickbait idea like a year ago of doing RCR stories, the life and death of internal combustion, just almost as like an April Fool's joke, but like it would be an April Fool's joke that is like two hours long about, you know, hypothetically talking about uh, internal combustion as if it had completely been killed by the electric car and that internal combustion engines didn't exist anymore. And, um, but I feel like it would have been too like close to, I, I think people would have believed it and not understood that it was meant to be satire, which is not a knock against like viewers. It's more of a knock against my ability to convey satire. So yeah. Um, Let's see. I previously suggested an RCR story on the Ford Modular V8 or Hot Wheels. Have you considered doing an RCR story on the Grand Theft Auto video game franchise? Have you ever considered a story on car games? Um, I have. If I ever did one, it would have to be a second channel video just because I feel like it would get flagged if I tried to do it on main. Whereas if something gets flagged on the second channel, like we don't really care because we don't really make much off the second channel. Um, 
So yeah, outside of like super chats. So, you know, if a video were to get demonetized on the second channel, it's whatever, but on the main channel, not so much, but I, I'm kind of avoiding that for now, just because I would have to get footage from people because I don't have a lot of these games or a method of capturing them. <laughs> you would think that looking how I look, that I would be more of a prototypical geek who's like very good at IT and very good at like video game stuff, and I'm really not. <laughs> uh, I'm a prototypical geek in other ways. It's fun. Uh, so, uh, Crosley Automobiles, who made subcompact cars in the 1940s. Um, hmm. Interesting. I'm going to have to look that up it's so I can learn more about it. Um, life and death of the Australian auto industry. I was not aware that it uh, went pear-shaped. Although I suppose that would get wrapped up in the life and death of Holden if I were ever to do that video. Um, maybe I could ask Angela White if she wants a cameo in it and do a voice a role of some kind. Because she's literally the only Australian I know other than I think Caswell Parker who was uh, one of our New Zealand contacts. But um, history of Czechoslovakian car industry. Uh, the Renault-Nissan-Mitsubishi alliance. The history of sports coupes, i.e. Eclipse Accord Tiburon. Who thought it was a good idea? Um, Murdered by GM, a series about brands GM killed off. I like that suggestion. I don't know how the word murdered fares in the algorithm, but I would love to be able to title it something like that. That of like the GM graveyard, uh, something like that. Um, let's see. Uh, what about French cars? Citroen and Renault both have fascinating histories. That they do. And I think there's a lot more to expand upon from those histories. But those would be very long-form videos, although generally those do do better. Um, the revolutionary safety of the Volvo VESC, or later the 240. Um, that could be a further expansion of sort of the Saab video, which is that we go back to another Swedish automaker who is renowned for safety innovations, and that would be interesting. Notice how I'm, I'm like trying hard not to like shoot down any idea because I want to stay open-minded. Um, Ford and Mazda marriage and divorce. Uh, <laughs> that would probably make for like a nice uh, grippy head, headline title or thumbnail title, I think, um, just to talk about the divorce, <laughs> love and marriage type thing. Uh, all right, it's starting to get cold, so I'll take this inside. Ooh. Ooh. All right, I'm gonna keep talking to you, but I'm just going to cover the camera so I don't show you all the apartment just because, uh, moving some things around and. My girlfriend would kill me if I showed it in this state, um, which I don't think is all that bad, but, eh, you know, I'm not really, I don't know, things, things and humans and such. Uh, so, yes, just bear with me. All I need is like a minute-ish. Ah, eh. Let me just hang. Audio. It's so, so riveting. I, I, I could not imagine, like, wow, how excited you guys must be to hear all this in this fashion, in this way. Just, you know, beyond the pale, really. I mean, if we're talking top of the line podcasting audio, like, I don't know how you could ever top this. It's clearly the greatest of all time. I, I don't, I am 
Dude, oh, ha, ha. Just sensational. Ugh. All right, sitting on top of files. Whoop. Rotate your device. I will do nothing of the kind. So, uh, yeah. Enjoy my butt. human interest and design ah there we go the best podcast on earth continues clearly the greatest of all time um the life and death of matra would avoid most of the pitfalls and story beats of other life and death videos i will have to look this up because i know nothing about it um counterculture oh fast tracks 1980 thank you so much for five dollars Counterculture and the history of Piaggio slash Vespa. Definitely interesting. Um, something I'll probably have to look up the pronunciations for. Um, Marco, I love you. Uh, thank you. Uh, back at you. Uh, life and death of Volkswagen plant in Westmoreland, PA. Uh, that was part of one of the videos that we did recently or not too long ago. And I forget which car we reviewed where we talked about that plant but i mean obviously it was probably a volkswagen but still uh, diesel ev power um yeah uh village uh, idiot oh sorry <laughs> he says there's your answer michelle mouton first then speed wars as you prep currently that is the front runner right now of like doing the michelle bio first and, and then underneath it all sort of getting motorcycle speed wars ready as the big one. Um, please do a collab with Fortnite if you're doing anything motorcycles. Um, history of the now abandoned Nazareth Speedway might be overdone, though. Um, a review of the road types found in PN, Pacific Northwest, um, I'm guessing. Uh, hmm. Um, I do wonder if I could, like, get away with a rcr story on the history of like our road system like the interstate highway system but like i think about that and it just kind of makes i just feel bored just thinking about it (laughs) so i'm guessing it might be the same for other people um oh twenty dollars thank you so much hunter aman um i'm grateful for any amount of money anyone wants to give for any reason so I really appreciate it. Uh, so Triumph Cars would be a cool one. I don't recall you ever getting into the British, British Leyland fiasco. Uh, that is correct. I do not think we ever did. Um, and it also, because for a brief period, I was thinking of doing Tata Motors. And then I thought like I would kind of run into a problem of finding enough footage for it um, that I could use and images that I could use. Uh, I don't think I would have that problem with british leyland but i would have to look into it um history of the fastest coast to coast run you can make that into a documentary of sorts because rcr knows ed bullion from VinWiki. yes it's true um uh 1978 ford fairmont wagon to be the next rcr car uh i mean interestingly enough i mean it's not practical for my reasons, which my reasons are entirely about practicality and long-term viability. Cause I want a car that I don't have to think about or, you know, be stressed out about. Um, but there would be a certain like 
poetry in Fairmont because the RCR Christmas song that came out in 2022 was called Fairmont. It was about my girlfriend and she's, you know, I, I, she's wonderful. And I, even though like, I don't necessarily think of her in terms of Fairmont cars, it's hard for me to see the word Fairmont and not think of her. So, um, yeah. Let's see. RCR story on PA Dubbers. Brian can be your expert. I feel like half the Volkswagen reviews we've done have kind of been like PA Dubber histories. But yeah, like an RCR stories that's comedic in nature would be kind of fun. Um, mm, that's good, LaCroix. Uh, the limoncello flavor is sensational. Um, but thank you for $5, Wes. Uh, Jake H., another $5. Thank you so much. Um, if it needs to be short, I'll always want to see RCR's take on Mazda's failed 90s Lux brand. Raph Orlov can help, and I have a bunch of supporting media. I am taking a screenshot of this comment. Um, but yeah. Oh, oh, I have a missed call. Who called me? Oh, nuts. Nuts. All right. Well, uh, it is my father-in-law, for lack of a better term. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not married, but he might as well be my father-in-law. Um, I'll have to call him after this. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Do some local shorts. Go look at all the dealer inventory markups and yourself test driving stuff and your opinion slash first impressions of state of current used cars. State of your current used cars is actually kind of nice. Um, are they bringing the rotary engine back? Uh, I saw a vid pop up that suggested it. I think engineering explained. Um... I had seen something about like a car that was potentially going to use a rotary engine, but I'm not sure if it was actually news or uh, speculation. Um, yeah, there we go about how it's just a generator slash uh, range extender. Um, did you find a new ride yet? I have not. Uh, <laughs> Leyland P76, Australia's Edsel, the car that killed BMC in Australia. Um would love to see a story on the history of BMW design ethos. That is an also screenshotable. Uh, but yeah, history of Buick and China. Hmm. Might as well add this to the General Motors divisions that have been killed off Oldsmobile and Pontiac and Saturn. Oh, Saturn. I forgot about Saturn. See, I was thinking more towards Mercury if we're talking about planets and also dead automotive brands that at least for once, we're not killed off by GM. That'd be something. Uh, not a sexy topic, but the history of Greyhound bus lines. Yeah, that is, it's something different, you know. How about the story of Ford RS200 and Group B rally cars? I am also screenshotting that because Group B rally is a topic that has come up that has been very interesting to me, but that I can't, I feel like I'm not in a position to speak about intelligently until I research it and figure out if this is something that I actually do understand. Because there are so much terminology that no matter how many times I have it explained to me, I don't think it it sinks in like homologation or, uh, you know, the, that type of term, um, which even now I can't think about what it means uh, because my mind is blanking and I have so many things swimming around in it. It's like, you know, all that stuff. Rise and fall works well with Lord Alco. <laughs> um, yeah. Rise and fall. I should switch it up at some point. Uh, here's a really interesting one, an RCR story on the history of the gas pump. There's probably some wild history behind the various designs of mechanical, electromechanical, and electronic pumps. Uh, that's probably true, you know? Um, 
RIP name. Lord algorithm approves. <laughs> that is also a very good suggestion. Um, screen, um, anything on the uh, Altezas slash 3SGE. Um, RCR on RCR full endless spear situation. Yeah, like, um, oh, uh, ooh, this is a history of the PA auto industry. Uh, love letters to motorsport VHS. Paris to car rally. Um, 19, uh, oh, this is about a uh, potential future car. Uh, getting a 1982 Cadillac Fleetwood Brom d'Elegance diesel with the Oldsmobile 5.7 liter V8 diesel. Um, interesting. Yeah, that would probably bankrupt me completely. But it's very, I mean, I do like those cars. They are very visually striking and they fit into the kind of aesthetic I want to project onto the world, which is kind of a norm core avuncular, you know, fuddy-duddy. <laughs> um, if you're going to do a racing tragedy, don't do the 1955 Le Mans disaster. Do the lives, rivalry, and deaths of Peter Collins, Luigi Musso, and Mike Hawthorne. Oh, so, like, instead of making it about the tragedy, make it about the people? Um, I really like that idea in terms of, like, not having it be a thing like we're celebrating lives rather than stewing over death and how it happened. Um, because that's why I ultimately decided to not make a video about the sailor family tragedy of that family whose Lexus wouldn't stop accelerating and it ended up killing them because there was no way to do that story with sensitivity towards the subject matter, the victims, the families, like, it's entirely just about why they died rather than who they are as people. And if I don't feel like I can get enough information to inform about who these people are as individuals, then I would like rather not do it because I don't want it to be entirely about a tragedy. I would like for it to be a more holistic look at individuals because I feel like RCR stories are about cars and about events, but they're also about people and sounds super, super pretentious to say it that way. But that's always kind of the philosophy that I've taken from it. Like if I don't find an interesting human story in there, I don't feel like I really have a story. Um, but yeah, the Isle of Man TT was kind of like that, where I tried to tell the stories of individuals throughout the age, not necessarily just the ones who died. Um, although there, of course, were stories about those people. Um, but yeah, and even people, even people that I profiled in it went on to tragically be killed. So yeah, um, it's unfortunate. Um I still think the three-door RAV4 is the perfect Betty replacement. Honestly, if I could choose any car right now, I would pick a RAV4. Honestly. Um, but money is an object here. And so I would need to find one cheap. And I, I'm i in a position, again, like beggars can't be choosers. So I have to go with what I can. Um, and I'm not doing like a GoFundMe or anything. Like right now, this, what we're doing now, more or less is my GoFundMe. <laughs> Just because, like, I want you to feel like you're getting value for what you're giving your money to and giving your support to. And um, I don't want to feel like there's no shame to me in setting up a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe or anything like that, because obviously, like, there it takes a lot of strength and bravery to be able to do that 
knowing that people are going to like rag on you for, you know, this, that, or the other thing, but like, you're not letting your own pride get in the way of being able to provide for the people you care about. It, you, it's having the strength and courage to say like, okay, I need help. Please help me. And going in a very, um, in a very just humble way. The reason I'm not doing it is not because I'm looking down on those methods of funding, but rather because I feel like there are people who would need it more and who deserve it more. And I want those people to like, if you're going to give money to anybody uh, for a GoFundMe, give it to them, the people who are paying med or who can't pay medical bills, people who can't, you know, afford to bury a loved one like do it for those people or people who lost everything in a house fire like donate for those people for me personally like i can't afford a car that's it it's not the end of the world the the globe will continue spinning we will continue to have revolutions around the sun um and through the grace of your viewership, I will hopefully be able to save enough to afford uh, a good car, hopefully a used draft four if I can find one. And um, yeah, but I believe that things will be okay. And I mean, I have to, it's, it's how I survive. It's how I keep going. Um, it's like the quote from everything, everywhere, all at once about how, you know, seeing the good in things it isn't naivety it's or it's not me being naive it's strategic and necessary because it's the only way i survive now granted i'm not in as desperate a situation as that but that is always how i see positivity it's to be otherwise would be too much of an anchor around my neck and i worry that i wouldn't be able to come out of it um I had a, I was in a pretty deep depression over the holidays and I was like, my girlfriend was scared. My family was worried. I, I just, and I don't ever want to put people in that position again. And so it was a dip in my mental and emotional well-being. but I've worked to sort of get it back and working to a point where even in times of turmoil, I can still have my equanimity uh, or some measure of it, you know? Um, but yeah, missed call from Angela White. Uh, um, group B racing again, that's another suggestion. It's very, uh, something that is, oh, history of, uh, Rover. Hmm. See, like group B racing comes up a lot. Um, I'm actually surprised that, um, I guess, Actually, no, I, I guess it isn't that surprising that, you know, an RCR story, um, people would suggest, um, sorry, I got distracted there. I had a, a message that I was looking at, um, that someone hasn't suggested something like, ah, I was about to say that someone hasn't suggested something like Scion and literally Baz right there is like, if we're going life and death and not GM, how about Scion? Uh, well done. Well done. And in that case, it's Matto. Hey, 
it is always wonderful to see you on the podcast. Um, good morning from Melbourne. Hey, haven't got a suggestion. I already mentioned in a previous podcast that Holden history or Ford versus Holden would be cool, except for the lack of knowledge on either subject. Still would be cool. Um, on a previous RCR or on a previous podcast, um, I I had found uh, the first. I had found the prologue and half the first chapter of a discarded RCR story script that I read to you guys. And it was literally on Ford versus Holden, um, that rivalry, uh, and sort of, I forget why I abandoned it now that I think of it. Um, or at least I'm forgetting the reason I went with, <laughs> um, I guess part of it was just, if I had to guess, I just, came up with a better idea and decided to go in a different route but yeah um rise and fall of auto manufacturing in delaware um yeah because chrysler newark factory and the gm wilmington factory are both gone now um history of the seven tunnels on the pa turnpike and the two abandoned tunnels in fulton county it's interesting because there's a lot of uh, of pennsylvania history that we can talk about here uh a lot of it. Oh, um, Bob Hansen. I, I, I uh, thank you so much. That's like such a great compliment to know that like your son likes the music um, and that you uh, got the music yourself. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I really appreciate that um, so much. <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's see the evolution of the American police interceptor. <laughs> Uh, the search for Betty's replacement is the next story. Um, maybe, you know, you never know. I'm obviously going to do a video about whatever car I get, even if it's a car we've done before. Um, let's see. If you're going to go for the rise and death of an automotive manufacturing city, you might as well go for the big one and discuss Detroit. All right. I think that might be one that goes in the absolutely got to do it pile. Like, it's getting me to rethink. I mean, I still think Michelle Mouton and uh, followed by Japanese Speed Wars are in the lead still. But if Japanese Speed Wars or Motorcycle Speed Wars ends up being too daunting, or if for whatever reason I find that I'm ill-equipped to do it, I think like the rise and fall of the Motor City or something like equally dramatic along those lines would be interesting. Um, whew. Yeah. Cause I think it would play interestingly. I don't know that it would play well, but I know that it would be interesting because people would want to click on it to find out what's being said. But um, yeah, that would be very interesting. I, I'm sorry. I'm repeating myself, but that's because it's kind of the loopy way that my brain works. Um, oh, Peter Collins, Luigi Musso, and Mike Hawthorne were big name Grand Prix rivals in the late 50s. They would all be killed in separate accidents in 58 and 59. Oh, that's tragic. Um, oddly enough, the RCR story that's coming out next month deals with a motorsport tragedy in a way. Um, and there actually is footage of the death that is public domain and i was not going to use that uh but it's out there you can find it um i don't know that it's so much like footage footage like i don't 
I I watched it and you can't really see anything, but it's it can be traumatic in the sense of like you see it happening and you know someone died. And in that sense, I wouldn't want to put it out there. Uh, but the same way that if I had done like the sailor family tragedy, the 911 call is out there. You can listen to it. But if I were to ever make that video, I wouldn't include it just because I don't know. It's a respect thing, but, um, and it goes the same way with motorsports tragedies. Now I say that, and I'm pretty sure the Mickey Thompson video that deals with like certain motorsports tragedies, um, had some footage in there that might not have, or that might have depicted like final moments type stuff. And in that case, if I were to do that, if I were to make it today, I would not include those things. Um, just because I don't know, I'd like to think I've grown in some ways from the person who kind of took this wild West mentality to every video he made of not really thinking about who might be affected or who might be hurt by it. And I don't want to be someone who doesn't take other people into account by the same token. Uh, I make a lot of jokes that I am trusting people to recognize our jokes and that are not coming from a place of malice or actual animus. Um, because that's the kind of trust that I have in our viewership and the trust that I have in you guys to know that like, yes, we rag on people, but it's not coming from a place of hate. And that's important to me. Um, but yeah, uh, other things, history of top gear. Uh, <laughs> that would, that would be interesting. Um, I have to say other things other than that would be interesting, but it's true. It would be fascinating to talk about top gear because a lot of people don't know that like, Top Gear, like the Top Gear that everybody likes, like at least over here, started in like 2002, but Top Gear was like way before, like Top Gear has been around since the 70s, like, and then there was kind of like a hiatus and then they rebooted it. And there are a lot of people over here who don't know that Top Gear was the one that they like was a reboot. Um, it's kind of like finding out your favorite song is a cover or something along those lines, like did you know that Torn by Natalie Imbruglia is a cover from, I believe, an Australian band? I learned for the first time that Alone by Heart is a cover of a song by a band called I-10. It's fascinating. And it's I actually really like the I-10 version. It's fantastic. Um, but yes, uh, thank you for the kind words. Um, Doug DeMuro's British cousin. <laughs> Great screen name. Um, it'd be cool to see an RCR story about Saturn. Yeah, absolutely. I might as well do all the planet motor companies. <laughs> that would be great. Um, oh, Michael Zabo, uh, Zabo, uh, $5. Thank you so much. Um, here's my do donation towards your new ride. Glad to be in the same time zone as you guys are for the first time. Hey, welcome to uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, glad to have you. Um, yes. Would you ever consider getting something like a 2011 Ford Crown Vic LX to be like your daily driver with Ford's modular V8? Um, I would be happy to uh, if I could find an affordable one, um, something that I could work with. Ideal price range, 3000 to $6,500. i am trying to think of like what I could save coupled with what I could potentially get for Betty and seeing what I can do with that money. Um, whatever it is, it's going to be sub 10,000. Um, 
just because I can't swing anything else. I can't even swing like seven. So really I'm working with like sub 7,000 and I'm not even working with it yet. I'm hoping I can work with that by the end of the summer, which I'm not positive. I will. So I, I, I don't know. I might be stuck with Betty for a little, uh, for longer than I think, uh, knock on wood that she holds together. Um, you should ask Tony Airlines for his brother's contact information and ask him to look in Japanese libraries to see if any Japanese language journalism on the Speed Wars exists. His brother is in Japan. Interesting. That is a potential outlet of inquiry that I could use. I mean, I do have friends in Japan, but I don't know. They're like they're so strapped for time. I wouldn't want them to like have to do any extra work on my part, especially because I can't afford to pay them right now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll, that's something to definitely look into. Um, any Ford platform car you get is going to be sure enough, reliable and safe. Um, I mean, I would hope that's true, but I don't know how true it is, uh, at least in my experience, but Betty has been reliable, decently reliable to me for seven years. Uh, and I say decently reliable in the sense that like the major stuff that has gone wrong, I was fortunately in a place in my life where I could afford to take care of it because I had like, you know, I had like a Betty account uh, that I was just for keeping that alive. If I had been smarter, I would have just like kept using it to save up for a new car. But I kept kicking the can down the road because it was more convenient and less expensive to just keep driving what I already had than spend all this money to look for a new thing and then potentially not fix the thing that went wrong and end up being without a car for a little bit until, or potentially longer than a little bit until I could figure out what I was going to do with a potential new car. Um, KTP Quigley, five euros, I believe that sign is, but uh, I appreciate it so much. Um, Bernd Rosemeyer, Bernd Rosemeyer, uh, 1909 to 1938, a German racing driver and speed record holder, considered one of the greatest racing drivers ever, died in a record attempt. Wow, he would have only been 29 years old in that case, I believe, doing the math right. I'm a liberal arts major, so I'm not good at math, uh, even simple math, but that is fascinating. Um, the last days of Saab for a topic, um, that's covered in the RCR stories on Saab, uh, which you can go check out. It's three and a half hours long. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, mm, yes. Let's see. Mickey Thompson story is still my favorite. Thank you so much. I'm glad to hear that. It's one of mine too, in terms of just, it was just interesting to make personally. Um, uh, a great RCR story would be either the whole Hennessy sucks and steals parts thing or the company that was importing all the GTRs that got raided. Hmm. That is interesting. Wow, I did it again. Can I please stop saying it is interesting or that's interesting? Like, what is it with my NPC vocabulary that I have just a certain number of dialogue choices and no other variation within that. I am a complete mess, a complete mess. Uh, so, uh, twisted caravan. Thank you for your donation. $2 is wonderful to me. Baja 1000 or Dakar. 
I don't know if my last message worked. Um, I did not see an earlier message from you, uh, so I'm guessing, unfortunately, that it didn't. But hey, it worked now. Um, Baja 1000 or Dakar? Um, that, those are topics that I would have to do more research on before even thinking about doing them. But I'm going to screenshot your com comment to remind myself to look those things up. Um, a review of the USS Enterprise 1701D in the style of the Pennsylvania Review. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, the Moon Rover would be cool. Yes, it would be cool. Um, Baja 1000 or Dakar. Yeah, those are subjects I really got to educate myself on before making any decisions. But thank you so much for the suggestion and for the super chat. Um, let's see. Uh, did you know that Louie Louie by Barry White is a cover of Richard Barry, but it's not the Louie Louie by the Kingsman, right? <laughs> I always love that story about how, like, everyone thought Louie Louie was a profane song. And so to prove whether or not it was profane, they brought in the FBI to review the song, to analyze its lyrics. And to figure out what was being said because no one could figure out what they were even saying in this song and the FBI couldn't figure it out either. And <laughs> that's kind of where it was. Like it's essentially a song without lyrics because no one knows what the lyrics are, at least to my knowledge, maybe it's changed in the past, however many years, but yeah. Um, two other topics could be the rise of retro inspired designed cars and the vanishing and return of the electric car. Yeah. It's interesting because like the electric car has been a sort of on again, off again thing where, you know, we try to make it work and then it doesn't work. And then we go back to it. I mean, you had, you had the Simpsons making jokes about this in 1992 or earlier, and it goes back even earlier than that in a lot of ways, like the whole idea behind it. And it, a lot of it is about the future that we were promised in science fiction. And I always use that term of the future we were promised just because popular depictions of the futuristic aesthetic implies that we're going to be in a utopia of sorts where electric cars are super viable. The infrastructure is there, you know, not even flying cars, just electric cars, you know, where there's, there's no emissions and there's no crazy like pollution going on. And our carbon footprint is smaller than ever. And, you know, it's a lot of these things that are wonderful pie in the sky ideas. And I only say that because, I suppose I have a sort of cynicism towards people in power and their willingness to sacrifice things as they always were in the exchange of, of essentially prolonging our ability to be here on this planet, not to get on a soapbox. Because I, again, it's an education thing. I don't know that I'm informed enough to be able to stand on a soapbox right now. So uh, I'm just going to step down. Um, as a kid, I remember asking my parents why milk floats were silent and learning that they were electric and wondering why no normal cars were. Hmm. The history of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. <laughs> that would be uh, uh, 
topic, nuclear and alternative power cars of the 50s and 60s. Ooh, another good suggestion. Um, <laughs> the Oscar Mayer Wiener, but I remember I went to college in Penn State for undergrad, and um, I was walking along uh, just getting to another class. Or no, I was getting out of another class to walk to the State College bus terminal to get a ticket home for the weekend. And as I was walking by, like, I just almost get, like, sideswiped almost by the freaking Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. And I'm like, since when is it here? And why was I not informed? You know, it's like, I freaking love the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. How did I not hear about this? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's just, nah, it's interesting. In that, Ah, I did it again. Ah, ah. I should have called this RCR podcast number 140. It's interesting. Oh, great. You have vocal tags and you don't know how to talk anymore. It's great. It's wonderful. It's marvelous. It's interesting. Ah, ah. Mm. ah it's good, McCroy. Oh, I'm telling you, man, the limoncello flavor is where it's at. That's where it's at, man. Mm. Mm. Oh, let's see. Uh, so, um, thoughts. Right now, I am caught between an RCR story on Detroit or the Motorcycle Speed Wars. Like, not just Detroit, but like as the Motor City. Um, as the next really long form one uh, with Michelle Mouton as a sort of bridge between the two. Um, oh, the uh, decline of GM. That would be a good one. Um, for the reason of, see, here's why I'm, I'm, I'm kind of holding off on doing one on GM is because if I want to do an RCR story on, say, like, Oldsmobile and Saturn, like, I would essentially, I'm going around essentially trying to collect the Infinity Stones of murdered GM brands. So, if it were, so I would want to collect all of those first before then doing, like, the major story on the decline of GM because then it would be used. All right. I did all the brands that they killed. Now I can do GM as a brand themselves while also looping in some of the stories of the brands that died under their watch so that it's kind of like, you know, Hey, Avengers assemble Avengers of dead automotive brands assemble as we, and also because past Nick will have already done the work of, that history and i can just re go back to what i said in a more short form way as we get to those points um but yeah i would really like to do the decline of gm just i would like to do it after i've done other brands that gm has killed um gms not available in the united states are a particular fascination of mine um how many because I feel like even the ones that aren't in the U.S. get sold here under a different name. But I would have to look into that because 
obviously I'm not as familiar with GM products as I probably should be considering my job, but I've never known many people who have GM products. It's weird. Like most of my friends drive like Japanese or if it's American, they drive Ford, you know, it's kind of different. Um, Clay Ben Treese Jr. Thank you so much for your donation. Uh, this one's for you, for your car. I really appreciate that. I really, really do. Um, Australian motor car history. Uh, we had some uh, suggestions earlier about um, the life and death of the Australian auto industry, which I had no idea it had gotten to that point. <laughs> um, but I had been considering life and death of Holden, and I suppose it would kind of loop into that. Uh, ah, Daewoo. I, I had been, the Daewoo was something that I had thought about for a bit, but please correct me if I'm wrong, but Daewoo's still around, I want to say. Um, so, uh, yeah, it would be something where it would just be the history of rather than the life and death of, but it's definitely a topic worth looking into because I feel like they don't have to all be like super Eurocentric or Anglo-centric or whatever, American-centric. So, um, oh, Daewoo's dead as a dodo. All right, cool. I completely, uh, I completely blanked on that one. Wonderful. Um, or not wonderful as a dead, just, you know, wonderful that it could fit into this life and death template that has worked for me in the past. Although I do wonder at what point it stops working. So, uh, probably after this one, knowing luck, but Hey, I'm going to knock on wood that it keeps rolling. Uh, that, that knock is going to make it really weird to edit this audio tomorrow. <laughs> um, let's see. Mad Max DeMaio is actually a party. My buddy throws sounds dope. Daewoo became GM Korea. So another one to add to the GM infinity gauntlet, uh, Panhard would be a good story as they contributed a lot to vehicle tech, but haven't already been covered by too many other channels. French pronunciation though. Yeah. I mean, I don't want pronunciation to ever be something that deters me from actually doing these videos. Um, for the sob story, I, uh, a fan from or a Swedish fan graciously volunteered to be my, um, my pronunciation coach. So I would give him the, terms that I had trouble pronouncing and he sent me an audio file full of like just proper pronunciations for everything um sounded out phonetically um and I still managed to get a lot of those pronunciations wrong um I just don't think my mouth or voice was forming the phonemes properly but either way uh, I really appreciated being able to have someone that gracious come in and offer to help it was really important um oh why is his name escaping me right now i believe it was robert but hey robert if you're watching thank you so much um the brooklyn sv1 would be an interesting uh star yeah i said it again yay uh, um i had a friend recommend brooklyn to me earlier today that could potentially be an avenue of inquiry um parts makers wise zeppelin are funny given they now make all those automatic gearboxes <laughs> that would i mean i don't know why i've never thought about doing like parts makers i guess it's just because it it feels limited almost in a way um 
but I don't know that because I don't know their stories. For all I know, there's like some really interesting deep dive crime element to it. Um, Rivian is ongoing. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but I mean, that would be something to do. I, I know it's not going anywhere anytime soon, but I would love to be able to kind of do something on Tesla, but I worry about incurring the wrath of the Elon fanboys uh, <laughs> because they really go hard on any sort of criticism. Um, Although, oddly enough, like Tesla fanboys don't really care about our reviews of Teslas or our ragging on Teslas, so maybe I'd be fine. But, <laughs> And plus, I can't shy away from things just because I'm afraid of criticism. Although, I am worried about certain automotive cults. Well, not cults. I shouldn't say cults, but, uh, you know, I do find it odd the amount of people who defend him from legitimate criticism for... Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, yeah, I just don't get it. Um, yeah. Uh, Non-native phonemes are hard. Your brain maps sounds that aren't in your languages to sounds that are, hence L versus R in China, and why English monoglots can't tell how wrongly they say my name. I'm going to try it and I'm probably going to get it wrong. Let's see. Emir Derfel. 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 See. I tried. <laughs> I know a guy who named his son Alon to ensure future financial success. Weird. Um, I mean, he has been financially successful. Like, I don't know that that can even really be in dispute. Just because at one point he did have the title of like the richest man in the world or whatever. But I mean, it's something where hopefully somebody would come to understand that there are elements towards financial success that don't involve just acquiring money. It's about maintaining your wealth. You know, uh, you, you, you become rich by keeping money. So I don't know. That's just one of those things where maybe there's like a long plan or a long game that I don't understand going on with Alon's movements because I'm not a fan finance guy. I don't understand that. Like how liquid is Alon? Like I have no idea. I can't even begin to guess. Um, troll suggestion, GM electromotive division. <laughs> um, I mean, I do think like, you know, some troll RCR stories would be, would be funny. Um, Hummer is a brand that GM mothballed for years and now bring it back under the GMC brand as a sub-brand of GMC. That is... Uh, I mean, that doesn't... It's interesting because like Hummer is dead and not dead, right? So it's almost like the life, the death, and the resurrection of Hummer, <laughs> which just... It's such a needlessly dramatic title that I almost want to do it just for that reason alone. But yeah. Um, oh, hey, Andrew Lovato. Thank you so much for $20. I appreciate it. Definitely off topic, but I wanted to ask how you go about writing your content for the weekly videos, your process. Do you just sit down every day to come up with stuff? Is it going for a long drive, etc.? Love the videos. Uh, funny you should ask because um, uh, I... 
I was writing with Brian today. Like we went to a cafe and um, had our breakfast, had coffee, just sitting there writing. But like our process is strange because half the time we're not even talking about the thing that we're supposed to be writing because it's almost like our catch up time because, you know, outside of the filming days where we're all business for the most part or, or you know, 75% business, uh, the writing days are almost kind of more like social days in a weird way. Like we went to a classic auto like mall uh, for lack of a better term. I don't really know what to call it. The store dealership for classic automobiles. And there's a lot of interesting stuff in there, but it was nice to kind of just hang out for a bit. But anyway, I digress the process such as it is, um, is, you know, we sit there, we kind of come up with an overall thesis for the car, but a lot of the time I kind of defer to Brian on what the thesis is going to be because Brian is all of the driving impressions. So if he, if there's anything about how the car moves, how it drives, it's coming from Brian. Um, I drive the cars. I just do it for my own edification because I don't feel like I can talk with the type of authority about how car drives that Brian could. And if he's talking about it from his own experience, it's going to come across as more passionate. And because he's the one who has to voice it or narrate it, I think it makes a lot more sense for it to come from him. Now, obviously, if it were a solo review of mine, like the Polestar, like those driving impressions clearly were me, the AMC Eagle, my impressions. So, yeah, it's kind of like defers to whoever's voicing it. But ultimately... I mean, I can give my impressions and if they align with his, they can get roped into it. But for the most part, we sit down, we write together, but oftentimes we write separately. It's separately, but together because he's working on his half of the script. I'm working on mine. And then they'll come to a point in our writing session where we're like, are you ready? Uh, Like, are you ready to hear what I've got? And so either I'll read what I have or Brian will read what he has. Uh, It alternates on who goes first. Um, But, you know, then we sort of give suggestions of what can change, what can be swapped out, um, where they can be organized within the script. Um, And yeah, uh, to go to a question that Baz has right now about if we've ever had like a major disagreement on a car, um, I can't think of one offhand. I want to say, oh yeah, no, the Jetta Wolfsburg edition. I liked that car um, and Brian hated it, uh, which fair. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like he has a history with Jettas that make them not enjoyable for him uh, or creates a bias, but I forget what that history is. And I'm sure he mentions it in the Jetta Wolfsburg video, but that ended up being one of my favorite videos just because I liked a lot of the one-liners in it about, you know, um, closing all the Pornhub tabs and getting it done with imagination tonight or adding another sock to the crispy pile. Uh, But yeah, those types of things. Um, So yeah, we sit down at a cafe we each write individually. We exchange information like factoids. Like if I know what the horsepower and torque numbers are, because I wrote it in my notebook and he doesn't have those figures, I can give them to him. And then, uh, or if he doesn't have them, he's just like, Oh, you can cover it in your half of the script. 
Um, that's cool. Uh, and then at the end of like a two hour session, we read what the other person has. Um, but the, but the scripts aren't done yet. We still have to go home, type them up. We kind of let them sit for like another day, uh, and then come back to it and add more like history, more jokes, more driving impression, whatever it is that's missing in the script. Um, this is where some of our concepts come in. Um, like when Brian does a character. Um, he'll have a strong idea for the character and now he's at a point where he can sort of write out a shot list so that the character is more fully realized before he even starts really writing what that character is going to say. Um, although for the most part, in my experience, he tends to know pretty strongly what the character is going to say because it's baked into having the idea for the character in the first place. So yeah, um, trying to think i think like the only character that wasn't written by brian was well i mean a brian character that wasn't written by brian was stan the man because i wrote that one um but he took the script and made it like way funnier in his delivery personally because it was his idea to do the stop motion thing for stan the man and to do the brand uh t-shirt or tank top and so I thought that was really cool um, and funny because he delivered the script word for word it, the way I wrote it. But I thought like his visual representation added an extra layer to it that wasn't necessarily on the page. And so that's kind of how collaboration works. And I love that about working with him. Um, the Chrysler K car, in my opinion, was a very good platform, which in my opinion should have had should have survived the 90s into the 2000s. Um, hey, I would not disagree as a Leah Iacocca fanboy, um, which I see, you know, you say I would consider my favorite automotive idol to be Leah Iacocca. It's a good, reliable pick. I mean, he's got such a depth to his story, and I really enjoy or enjoyed making the video about his history just because there's all this sorts of stuff that I was learning about him at the time and all these other stories that just showed how much experience he had, um, in the auto industry. Um, did you do an RCR stories about the car? Uh, not yet. I got, I got to do research about that to figure out like if it's something that I can do or if I'm way out of my league doing it. Hey, Calming Blue, thank you so much for $35. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate that, really, truly. Um, not even for, didn't even do a comment, but I appreciate so much that contribution. It means a lot to me. It really, really does. Um, any amount means a lot to me, honestly. But um, Gordon Murray would be a character study vid, which I do like character studies. Um because I like the idea of even just like historical figures going through a character arc because real life doesn't often work that way. But I find that in a lot of these stories, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do go through a character arc where things change and where elements of their story build and grow over time. And so, yeah, I was just very, I don't know. It's something that it appeals to like the ex screenwriter in me. Like I used to write screenplays for fun, not even with the intention of selling any of them because they were never good. 
they were all really bad actually um but you know i love writing character arcs more than i like writing narrative direction i like figuring out like why is this character the way that they are doesn't mean that it's a strong arc doesn't mean that it's well written necessarily but i feel like you can map or chart why would i say that uh chart the way that they go through um let's see uh i feel like i skipped somebody um oh there goes my heating uh so for a historical figure how about walter ruther president of the uaw friend of the civil rights movement multiple assassination attempt survivor um i believe he makes a cameo in the amc rcr story or is it the sob one he was in one of the life and life and death videos um oh it's funny because the uaw i feel like it appears in both so he might have been in both but as an individual figure i haven't covered him so that would be another one actually let me screenshot it i'm screenshotting i'm doing it uh or not oh wait no yeah i am there we go so uh do i have any more of these things nah, nah, nah. all right so there goes that um yeah so it's Oh, I'm kind of interested to know the Citron story. Yeah, that's the one that I was looking for from the comment from Papillon Cycles. Um, the Citron story is one that, again, I'll probably need like an, a, a pronunciation guide or volunteer pronunciation coach. Is that my nipple? Is that my man titties happening on my Manscaped shirt? Yeah. Um, it's funny. I went to the gym and I did a chest day. And I'm feeling it pretty badly today, but um, it was a good kind of workout. I, I've i actually lost a lot of weight, and I don't even think it's necessarily due to diet or exercise. I think it was just stress, because I went from 201 in December to 185 um, in the beginning of March. I think I put on like two pounds since then, um, possibly three, but yeah, there was like a while where I just like, I wasn't really eating that well at all or eating at all. And so it feels like any gains I made were not from actual good eating, but, um, I am trying to eat better now, you know, cause I did a lot of plant-based stuff. I started doing a lot of like you know, uh, salads and freaking cauliflower has been a big one. Um, carrots, broccoli, like I'll do veggie nights. Um, I've gotten really into cooking. Like I used to not be into, like I would make food just to kind of like have something to eat and it wouldn't matter to me whether it was good. Like I make a pork chop, I'll just make a pork chop. But now I'm at the point where, like, I actually care and it's really fascinating to me because I didn't realize how calming and how that endorphin release or the serotonin of accomplishing things well. It's like Doctor Who, when the fifth doctor makes that mention about to the Cyberman about how important it is to, you know, how in life 
it's the small things that make life worth living. And one of those things is like having a well-prepared meal. And I've become fascinated in the headspace by the headspace of a well-prepared meal, especially when you're the one preparing it yourself. And so I wanted to surprise my, uh, girlfriend. And so I, uh, made orange chicken from scratch. It was my first time doing it. I think I did a good job. She certainly thought I did a good job. I think she was kind of surprised. Um, and so that I, I felt like so happy about that, like her reaction to it. Um, but yeah, I, I never believed that I could do any of these things. So it's been such a huge confidence boost to be able to do them. Like being able to bake things, you know, being able to freaking um, cook uh, salmon. Like I love salmon. Oh, if I could have salmon every day, if I could afford to eat salmon every single day, I would eat salmon every single day. Uh, it's wonderful. And it's so there's so much you can do with it in terms of preparation and still feel not so guilty, like brown sugar crusting on top. You could do the freaking the butcher's blend of seasoning and, you know, oven, bake it in the oven, pan fry, pan sear. It's just so versatile. Welcome to the RCR freaking fish cast or food cast. Uh, um, <laughs> absurd uh, but yeah uh, I did not see the AMI or I mean flip over um, should I look that up <laughs> uh, I got a juicer 12 years ago I made lots of fiber residue which I would bake into things it was fun that is interesting I, I could always use more fiber um, what's your opinion about Ukraine Russian conflict um my opinion is that I'm not educated enough to speak about it, so I'm going to uh, abstain respectfully. Um, who boy, you're getting salmon when you get to Austin. Then we freaking love salmon here. I cannot wait. Uh, I adore salmon. It was funny when we went to New Zealand. Um, the thing people always talk about, like New Zealand having the most incredible sights, the most amazing beaches and you know, just everything. And don't get me wrong. New Zealand is gorgeous. Now, granted, I only went to the North Island. Brian got to go to the South Island, but that was mostly because like for that first trip, we didn't really have time to go to the South Island. And then Brian would make subsequent trips back to New Zealand where he did get to go to the South Island. Um, now, granted, I, I, I don't mean to say get to as if I didn't get to and that I'm bitter about it. Like, I'm not. I had the option of going to the South Island. I chose not to because I was trying to just I don't know. Like, I, I think the reason that I gave, um, and it is a reason that I kind of regret giving, which is that I don't have the capacity to appreciate it in that, and it was true of myself at the time, I was not in a place where I could appreciate it and take in the spectacle of what I was seeing and truly absorb everything um it would have been like just going on a hike in pennsylvania where i'm like oh okay that's pretty take a picture and then never look at it again i think if i went now i would have a much deeper appreciation
but I just, I always feel so bad. Like this plays into my kind of imposter syndrome that I talked about in the Mustang video, which is that I got to go to all these interesting places and didn't really deserve it and didn't really make the most of it the way that anybody else who would have been blessed with that opportunity probably would have. Now, granted, some of my favorite memories of traveling are the quotidian moments. Like, you know, the UK. I loved every waking moment of being in the United Kingdom. And, uh, but I think one of my favorite moments or memories is literally just sitting in a cafe with Brian and getting tea brought out and having this giant bear shaped graham cracker, like a giant Teddy Graham and Biscoff cookies, but like British style type that I, it was just, or it might've actually been Biscoff cookies, but it's wonderful. Or, or watching first dates with Tom Clark and his wife. I had never seen that show before and it was interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm someone who enjoys the times more than the things that I'm supposed to enjoy, which is, is, is kind of a pretentious thing to say. Um, I feel, but it is how I feel like when I go to New York city, there are things I want to do, but there aren't necessarily sites that I want to see. I've been to New York City more times than I can count, and I haven't seen like half of the things that you're supposed to go there to see because I'm on my own wavelength. I just like being in New York City, even not necessarily doing anything. I love the city. Um, I really miss New York Comic Con, and I wish I could justify the expense of going, but I haven't been able to for years now. and I won't be able to this year, but maybe through some fluke, I'll be able to next year. I don't know, but I guess we'll see. But I really do miss New York Comic Con a lot. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Dude, you only have to be happy with enjoying yourself and living. As long as you are not hurting somebody, you're golden. Uh, I agree. Yeah. That's always been my thing of like, as long as you're not hurting anybody, you know, um, now, I don't know why it's so hard to apply that logic to myself, but it is. Bah, you can go a second time. Places aren't people. Your first impression isn't as important. Um, I agree. Um, first impressions are kind of overrated because there are a lot of people who've become very dear friends to me who I didn't like at first. Or I wouldn't say I didn't like them, but I just sort of kind of, you know, eh. Um, Oh, I, I, I have gotten a press pass for New York comic-con, um, every year that I've gone. And, um, I think a lot of it is just the expense would be racking up the, the like food, the bus fare, the hotel, um, it, that and I would want to bring like, I would, I would want like my nephew to come with me. So I, I don't know. Um, and my girlfriend probably because I would love for her to experience that. Like just to have that experience would be great with her. It would be great. 
Um, but I can't justify the hotel expense. That would be absurd right now. Um, because I, I don't know. I just want to be more responsible. I had my time to sort of enjoy certain things. And, um, which is not to say I can never enjoy those things again. Just that, like, I had my brief time of profligacy and I need to focus on doing the adult thing. So <laughs> have you read to the lighthouse? Lily painting Mrs. Ramsey instead of the lighthouse slash C is very much about that feeling you just talked about. I have not read it, but I'll have to add it to my books list. Um, but yeah. Oh, uh, I got an email on my Gmail uh, about an RCR story suggestion. Um, that is interesting. Um, I said it again. I'm going to hell. Uh, but yes, um, if you guys want to... Okay, so uh, I don't know. I'm trusting the viewers of this with my email uh, for RCR. It is... Um, Regular cars, the Roman at gmail.com. That's my RCR email. And so for that, I would like you to, um, if you want to, um, two things. Uh, you can email me your RCR story suggestions at regular cars, the Roman at gmail.com. And, and this is the more important one. Um, if you guys could, send me any listings you find find for reasonable cars between three and five grand let's say Ugh, i i hate putting a monetary limit on it just set stuff below 10 grand let's just say that um the lower the the lower under 10 grand you can get ideal. And yes, car is plural. So if you find multiple listings, yes. Um, and thank you for the compliment, Baz, about this stream uh, being interesting. <laughs> uh, and thank you, It's Matto, about uh, me being interesting. I appreciate it. Um, but a sub 10k car, um, but obviously the lower under 10k, the better. And for the radius between Harrisburg, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. So in between anywhere in between those two points, like just in there, um, send me your suggestions. I am privileged to be able to have you guys as a resource if you want to. Um, but yeah, I've been looking at Corollas. Um, but it's also a situation where like a lot of them uh, are they're asking suspiciously high values for them it makes me wonder although granted you know if they put a lot of work into it i understand you could also send me i don't know offers for betty if you want um so yeah um car offers car suggestions rcr story suggestions Send them all to regularcarstheroman at gmail.com. Thank you for your time and consideration and viewership. Even if you don't send anything, just thanks for being here. That's all. Um, 
I think I'm going to do five more minutes because I'm doing this all from my phone because my, um, my laptop's webcam isn't working and I don't have an external webcam. And if I did, I wouldn't trust it to work because we've had so many episodes of the podcast that get cut short because of, you know, pressing F to pay respects because the stream goes down. So, yeah. Um, truly a missed opportunity by not calling it a sob story. I mean, it's true. Uh, but I want to say there, the big reason that I didn't is because I'm pretty sure there was another uh, sob video out there called sob story. Um, and so I didn't want to like, you know, muscle in on that. Um, there've been plenty of videos on YouTube about sob. It's just, none of them were three and a half hours long because the average person is not as self-indulgent as I am when it comes to automotive history. Like I want to cover all of it and the script keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what keeps happening with RCR stories. I say, I'm never going to do this again. I say, I'm never going to make a video that is beyond like one hour or something. And then the next video is like two and a half hours. Like I told myself after the AMC video, this is the last long video I'm ever going to do. I am never going to do a video that is two and a half hours long. And then the sob video is literally an extra hour on top of that. Like it's absurd. Um, and I thought like, okay, nobody's going to watch this because it's three and a half hours long. Who is going to like take the time to actually watch this? Um, they're going to want it as a podcast. And so I'm eventually going to upload it as a podcast. And then that will be the death of the video. Um, so, uh, but I uploaded it as a podcast and it's the most listened to podcast that we've done podcast that we've done. Uh, last I checked our analytics, um, but the video is still doing numbers. So, I mean, thankfully it didn't kill the video. Um, I forget what the count is last time. I want to say around 700,000, maybe. I just want every life and death video to hit a million just to keep that streak going. But that's wishful thinking. And so I'm not going to uh, project big hopes onto this next life or death video, or life and death video. Um, I'm just going to hope that it does well. If it can do as well as the AMC video. Um, it's still my most popular video that I've ever made and my most successful video. I'm proud of it every single day um, just for how well it's done, but I would love to just be able to hit that again of just be able to have something that goes over well like that. Um, but yes, uh, you ever watch the YouTube channel, Big Car? Seems like something up your interest. I have not, but I will have to screenshot and check it out. Um, all right. Five more minutes. Um, anybody else got anything they would like to add? I am just trying to find a reasonable way to wind this down. Um, sorry, I'm propping my head on this hand because I this other arm is kind of tired from working out. So I promise I'm, that's not meant to be a flex because I'm clearly not in like as great a shape as I would like to be in, but you know, that's what the hustle is. That's what the hustle is all about. I guess for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> yeah. Big car did great interviews with Patrick. Like a may like, like a met like a may uh, designer at Ford and notably Renault. Hmm. 
Roman, if you can create a life and death, get it like under 45 minutes or less in, have like your, have like bullet points as your presentation. Um, that is not a bad idea because, um, although granted, like, one of the things that I find that when they're shorter, like when they're under an hour, they tend not to do as well. Like the video on cursed cars. Now, granted, I think the reason the cursed cars video didn't do well is because it was about a bunch of things rather than just one thing. And it wasn't really that in depth, which means that it wasn't really that interesting. It's more like a watch mojo video, um, which I mean, I like watch mojo videos because it speaks to the, consumption content consumption part of my brain it's nice to have on in the background but i don't think a cursed car video does the same thing like and calling it rcr stories um i have not seen frank stevenson's youtube videos i'll have to uh look at that um rcr stories on japanese culture with cartoonishly extreme mods uh yeah um do you drive stick just asking for the car search um i can but I would not want to buy a manual transmission car because I am not as confident, unfortunately, in my manual driving abilities as I probably should be. That's why I had bought that Kia a year, over a year ago, almost two years ago, um, specifically to bone up on my manual transmission skills. It was a Kia Rio that I got for $1,200 and it had no power steering and uh, completely missing its head unit. Um, I think it had heating, but no AC, but basically I drove it for like six months and then the clutch burned out and uh, no, it was like eight months or maybe nine, sorry. Uh, clutch burned out and that was the end of that. And I got to a point where I was comfortable driving manual, but I was not confident driving manual. And I mean, that's kind of a shame that hangs over my head um, because I can do it, but it's just, I'm not great at doing it. So um, yeah, I would not buy one not at this moment like maybe if i get to a point later on down the line where i actually can get away with uh doing you know another manual um i'm late but scion was not a failure um i would like for you to expand upon that because i'm very interested in what you have to say not because i disagree but because i like hearing people defend their brands of choice. Like I like hearing that stuff. I really, really do. Um, and not just like in online posts, but like literally just people talking direct to refute points. I find that fascinating. Uh, he says, every new Toyota looks like a Scion. Scion was a market research exercise and it worked. The Scions of Scion would be a good title. That would be a good title. Um, yeah, because people forget that Scion actually has a, a meaning that has nothing to do with being a car brand. Uh, um, Baz counters with, it was a marketing failure. It was aimed at those 35 under, but its buyers were 55 plus. Um, um, hmm. I mean, that feels like the story of a lot of automakers though. Like, I remember when Oldsmobile was trying to get away from being an old man car and then they really couldn't escape that designation because it's right there in the name. Um, Amir, 
I think that's how you pronounce it. It says Scion was a sales success, but a marketing failure. They failed to sell to the people they marketed to, but still sold. So it's interesting because um, Scion in this sense would be the automotive equivalent of the TV show, Harry's Law. Um, it was a show from, I believe, 10 years ago, might be longer, might be more recent, but in that general area, it was on NBC. It was on Sunday nights, I want to say, and it starred Oscar winner Kathy Bates. Um, and it was a hit in terms of total viewers. The problem was that Harry's Law didn't do great demo numbers. And by demo, I mean the key demographic, which is uh, viewers between ages 18 and 49, because that's the demographic advertisers most care about. Because after age 49, advertisers assume you're setting your ways. You're not going to be open to trying new products. So, you know, certain products you'll be preaching to the choir, but other ones, like they know they're not going to be able to, you know, get any new or younger clientele on it because, you know, it's just, it's not speaking to you because you're outside of the key demographic, whatever. Um, and so despite being, having higher ratings than a lot of the shows on the network, NBC canceled Harry's law because it wasn't advertisers just weren't buying ad space on it because it had such an older viewership numbers. It was older people. It wasn't, people in the key demographic. It was people like 55 plus watching this show in huge numbers, but like just not enough, or at least I, that's the story as I understand it. And so, which makes me wonder how like CBS like is able to be such a successful network when like part of their whole brand identity as such is procedurals that old people watch. But yeah, um, man, a lot of people with the Kia hate, um, I'd always heard that like Kia got better into the modern era. Like, okay. In the nineties, uh, Kia, the big thing that I will always hear about Kia's as a kid was they're not fancy, but it's really well-made car. Well-made car was the thing that I always heard. And I don't remember it being part of their marketing. Um, I just remember hearing it from people of like, Oh, that's a really well-made car. Um, it's built well, it's really well made. Um, and then I got into high school and suddenly it's like kids were pieces of shit. And that's what I always heard. It's like, this kid is a piece of shit. Um, and it went on that way into college. And I think it wasn't until the Kia Stinger that we reviewed where we were kind of like surprised, like, Oh, this is a Kia. Um, and then I started like hearing from people in my own life talking about like Kia's being these good cars again and, or for the first time and made me wonder to what extent any auto brand has successfully pivoted and re revived or generated a positive reputation that they didn't have before. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Scion was a test car for Toy or was a test for Toyota. They had one cool car, the Supra, which was getting killed off. Baz says it was Toyota's attempt to get younger buyers in hope that in hope years later, years later to convert to Toyota buyers. Yeah, so, uh, gentleman hooligan. 
says, before my old man bedtime, I will say, while Scion was aimed at young people, older people bought the XB cube thingy and Scions were too expensive. The failure was that it didn't last. But, um, yes, it's, uh, I'm sure he's working on a comment uh, to tie it up. As we listen to a podcast where I gradually experience vocal fatigue, and as a result of just reading comments rather than generating my own thoughts and ideas and opinions, this is what a Roman in You is all about. It's about hanging out with you guys. Um, now, I mean, I contribute things. I, I think like part of it is just I have a naturally self-deprecating sense of humor, and so I'm always kind of ragging on myself, but I do want to try to be kinder to myself, just as a general rule. Um, but yes, Kia Hyundai has peaks and valleys, says Noodles Extra MSG. They worked real hard to be pretty, but screwed up reliability in the late knots and 2010s. They're coming back and around. Uh, then Kia Boys theft and Theta 2 engines. Mm. Uh, and Baz concurs uh, with gentleman hooligan about yeah that's true Scion was overpriced back on 07 i went to look at a tc for a few grand less i got a fully loaded 07 mustang v6 all right so i misspoke he probably isn't responding to the gentleman hooligan um i would love to see an rcr stories about fso polones polones yeah that would be interesting um i said it again i can't stop uh i'm unstoppable when it comes to being repetitive uh I think I'm five minutes past the time I said I was going to wrap it up in five minutes, but yeah, whatever, I'm here. Uh, Polish-Soviet brand is FSO Polonis. All right. Just awful cars. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, There's so many purportedly awful cars that I would like to do, even if it's not necessarily... Um, an RCR story. Like, I still can't believe we haven't gotten our hands on a Polaris slingshot yet, but hmm. hopefully one of these days, you know, I have a list of cars that I would like to get that I made this list like five years ago. And even now we've only done like two of them maybe. Um, and I don't think they're that unreasonable to get. And I can't remember what they are offhand, but I'll have to look back up, maybe post it online. See if anyone uh, is into, you know, potentially helping find those for us to review. Um, but yeah, I am. Oh, a uh, gentleman hooligan continued his uh, his uh, his comment. I I don't know why I can't talk. Um, it says. The design cues from Scions become, became apparent in more sporty designs, especially in the C-pillar. Toyota and Subaru got their joint sports car, which is killing it, and finally Toyota. Um, and finally Toyota, dot, dot, dot. So I'm guessing it. Why did they have character limits on live chat comments? I would read an ongoing chat. I mean, maybe it's like a bandwidth thing. Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to give myself another five minutes, but remain firm about it this time. <laughs> uh, so if you're listening to this on a drive, 
I hope your destination is within the next five minutes. Um, I do plan on uploading this to our, like the iTunes, Spotify, wherever you download our podcast um, tomorrow. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I've been, uh, oh, chat limits minimize the impact of copy pasta. Ah, that's fair. Yeah. 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 Otherwise we'd get the whole, you know, Now I can't think of any copy pauses, but that's fine. <laughs> All I can think about is like, you know, worse than when mankind, you know, fell through off 16 feet at Hell in a Cell in 1998, which is, yeah, that's the one that I would keep coming across. Um, but yeah, uh, so, uh, oh, here's something. I, although I can't imagine it's that fascinating, but I was playing Car Mechanic Simulator 2021 uh, while I was uh, waiting for the people to come and pick up a cabinet that my girlfriend sold um, prior to streaming. Uh, and so I uh, was basically they can't call any of the car brands by what they actually are. Um, and the name, the, the names are escaping me, like the fake names at the moment, but it's actually kind of a fascinating game because it essentially, I don't, I wouldn't say it teaches you how to wrench on cars, but it gives you a more practical sense of where everything is in relation to everything else, because this is knowledge that I can see in images and in books and in online, but unless I'm actually getting underneath a lifter, I'm never actually going to know for sure. Um, because I'll know for sure, but I'm never going to be able to like manipulate that environment. You know, I could get a jack stand or whatever to get underneath the car, but in a really practical way, I'm not going to be doing my own brake calipers or brake pads or any of that stuff. And so this game allows you the opportunity to kind of, get a sense for what that might be like, even if it might not necessarily be the most direct one-to-one -one comparison. Um, I had a really good time just changing out the, the coolant in some random car, just like draining the coolant, refilling it, uh, getting that oil, you know, draining machine getting underneath the car while it was on a lift and draining the oil and then bringing it back down and filling it with oil ordering parts or buying parts and bringing them over so that i can replace them so that i'm giving like you know a new brake servo or brake pads or all these other things that you know alignments uh rotating tires getting new freaking you know like i haven't done any body work yet it's all just been internal stuff so i don't know it's just a, a very fun and interesting game that takes a while to get into but once you're into it it's very i understand how people can get into a game like this especially because it's a pretty decent driving simulator too you can take things to the test track and give it the slalom test the suspension test brakes you know acceleration all these things and 
you can go to a car dealership and look around there and all this other, you know, you can walk around your shop, but also the exterior because it's also linked to a gas station. So you have this weird like aesthetic thing going on where it's almost like an open world, but the main crux of the game is in this car shop. So yeah, let me get back to your comments. Um, will be interesting to see how Hyundai's reputation is impacted if when their Apple car ships. It will no doubt be a hot item. I absolutely believe that. I mean, the the standard by which Brian judges modern car tech is whether or not it has Apple CarPlay. I don't even necessarily know that he has any Apple products. I just think it's one of those things where, okay, if it has it, then you know that they're playing ball with the major tech companies. And if not, then it makes you wonder what kind of infrastructure they're going to have for their other components I, I don't know that that's how he thinks but that's how i think he thinks so i don't know um but let's see uh gentleman hooligan uh let me continue your comment from up top uh so the design cues from scions became apparent in more sporty designs especially in the c pillar toyota and subaru got their joint sports car which is killing it and toy finally toyota was able to fully bring in the yaris and other credible K car like compacts, key car like compacts um, to the American market, establishing the lifted hot hatch crossover market, and that Toyota didn't need makeup to be hot, or Toyota didn't need to lie to consumers to be a cool car company. Scion showed them this. I'm done. Thanks for minimizing. Well, thank you for providing uh, uh, your analysis. I mean, I really, I really, I was being sincere when I said I wanted to hear it, just because. It's a perspective that I don't often see. Um, it's easy to sort of write off companies that didn't last as failures who didn't do anything right, or that they always would have failed when, or that they had no lasting impact, these types of things. But I feel like a lot of it is about figuring out what people, uh, what constitutes impact, what people view as impact. So that, you know, you can see what certain companies were going for and seeing that some of the implementation stuck around in other cars, um, maybe outside of the brand that started them or the brand that tried to perfect them. Um, I just feel like there's so much interesting that can be revealed through failures i don't want to just say failures but i mean like brands that were essentially you know rendered defunct so uh hey roman hope things are well with you anybody been seeing these vinfast ads yet i just had one pop up now i have not um so yeah that is i mean i'm sure i'll probably get some of those but yeah it's very much a, yeah I mean, VinFast was always one of those things where, like, I didn't really get it because it's not often that I think we get new automakers that fly this under the radar. But I, that's a very American-centric way of thinking about it because just because I don't really hear about it over here doesn't mean that it's not doing stuff overseas. Or even over here, like, it might not be that I'm, I, am, I have my ear to the ground the way that I should. Uh, so... Maybe they are doing more. And if you're seeing ads on YouTube, obviously they're trying to establish more of a presence here. Um, but I don't know how 
sustainable it is. So, yeah. I'm going to take Matto's advice and wrap this up because I need to eat dinner. And, um, yeah. But I just want to thank all of you again for hanging out with me and for, um, in advance, anyone who sends uh, car suggestions, uh, make me an offer on Betty or RCR stories, uh, suggestions on at regular cars, the Roman at gmail.com. I just want to thank you guys for taking time out of your day to do that. And even if you don't, I want to thank you for your viewership, for hanging out here for however long you were here, um, whether you donated a super chat or not. But if you did donate a super chat, I deeply, deeply want to thank you for that. I'm so grateful in whatever amount. I, I just cannot express enough what it means. And so I just want you all to know that I'm, I love my job. I love what I do. I love my life. Um, I mean, sure. I have good days and bad days. Um, days where I maybe don't love it as much, but I don't ever want to be in a place where I'm not grateful. And I am so grateful. So thank you for watching our videos on Mondays. Thanks for donating super chats. Thanks for the Patreon support, uh, which goes to our travel budget. Hopefully we're we're trying to make RCR Australia 2024 happen. Um, thank you for, you know, people who've bought my music on Amazon, on iTunes, on Bandcamp, on, uh, or listen to it on Spotify. Uh, thank you so much. It means the world to me. Um, and yeah. Oh, Baz, thank you so much for an extra $10. I, that means, I mean, you know what that means. Um, but have a good one, sir. Hope to meet up again at a meetup someday soon. I hope so too. Um, hopefully in June we can do like a meetup or something, but, um, for now, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out. And, um, I will talk to you guys later. Uh, I don't know when I'll do another Roman in you, but, um, I don't know, maybe next week. I, I, who knows? Uh, it depends on if people even like really want more of these things, but I'm happy to do them. And uh, have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. Have a just just be wonderful people. Have a great rest of your night.